0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome everyone to episode five of the Gas and Go podcast. I'm your host and crew chief Garrett. I hope you had as nice of a Halloween as possible. We are five episodes in on this bad boy and running full steam ahead. Dave's got a new internet connection. I'm using the right microphone outlet. Connor's figured out the mute button. We are rolling baby. And I could not be more excited to get this episode underway. Wow, do we have a lot to talk about. Uh, We had an amazing reaction to our episode with John Wood. I'm glad you all enjoyed that as much as we did. We're rooting hard for that 100th win for the Wood Brothers. Uh, But I I don't even know where to start about this episode, so I guess I'll do it here. The Gas and Go podcast is officially a NASCAR Cup Series sponsor. Let me repeat that. The Gas and Go podcast is officially a Cup Series sponsor. Woo! Yeah. Make it up. Those, those words oh. don't quite make sense to us, but uh we couldn't be more thrilled. Gas and go nation was on the deck lid of Joey Gase's 51 Ford Mustang from Rick Ware Racing. A P34 finish, but that's okay. It's the spirit that counts. He was out there wheeling it, making an effort. Uh up 35, that, baby. <laughs> more on that later. The background story, so stay tuned. Uh that that will be some fun. Secondly, we've got Mr. Nate Ryan of NBC Sports, Sirius XM, on as a special guest today. We're talking Martinsville Championship Preview and, of course, Paint Schemes with Nate. So can't wait for y'all to hear that one. We had a lot of fun with him earlier, and and man, does he know his NASCAR, so that'll be good to hear. And we have an amazing giveaway to announce later in the show. Chase Elliott fans, you'll want to stick around for this one. So let's get going and bring in the rest of the crew. Boys, it's a long episode. One question this week in intros. Crew chief choice on personal or racing related. First Uh-oh. up, we got our gas man, the Chocolate Myers of the group. Dave, a.k.a. Papa Bear. Dave, you've been smoking a lot of meat lately. So do you prefer the smoker or the grill at this point?
1: Man, that is a challenging question. I also have two daughters and I'm glad that you didn't ask me which of them is my favorite. <laughs> I'm going to go grill just versatility, uh, quickness. Uh, smoker is more of an experience. Grilling is uh, it's more of a utility, but uh, the grill definitely gets more use smokers, a weekend tool.
0: All right. I, I made note there of what question to ask you for next week. <laughs> next up our analytics guru, Ryan, AKA Rhino Ryan, First race you ever attended. Where and when? The
1: 2004 Richmond Cup race. Dale Jarrett won the number 88 UPS car, I believe. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's a good one
0: to uh, go to and a different driver winning. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, next up, we got the five greatest jack men of all time. Dylan, 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 and Dylan, Dill. We are entering into some fall weather here in our area. Favorite season between spring and fall?
2: Which one? Ooh, see, there's that's tough because the birthday season is spring, so that by default gets the answer, but fall is just undefeated in terms of everything else other than having my birthday in it. So fall is is my easy answer there. <laughs>
0: All, right. <laughs> All right, good answer. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, we've got our spotter, spotter Connor cons. Uh, As well as entering into fall, I was at the grocery store the other day and saw Christmas (laughs) decorations already out. So, do you believe in Santa Claus?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Why is that even a question? Everyone believes in Santa There's nothing to believe in when he's real. Like, I've seen him.
0: That's right. For our children, listeners, Santa is
2: real and he is watching. Santa and Biffle actually have the same orthodontist, I heard. (laughs)
0: All right, well, let's rock and roll here, boys. Dive right into our first normal segment, which we didn't get to do uh, last week's episode because we recorded before the Texas race was over. Where did you watch the race? This lays it out for the audience uh, where we watched and if we watched. So <laughs> that gives you a good perspective of where we're coming from when we talk about the race. So we'll go same order here. Dave, did you watch? And if so, where?
1: I didn't really watch. It was on, but I was distracted by. The smoker and the kids, as previously mentioned. A little embarrassed to say that at a half mile track, I don't think I saw one continuous lap.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there there was some (laughs) rubber racing out there for sure. All right, Ryan, where'd you watch or did you watch?
1: Well, as a Cup Series sponsor, I of course had my scanner tuned to Joey Gase, and I had uh, the big number 51 right there on the ATV, just counting down the laps till he got lapped, and we got to see that beautiful logo come (laughs) across. But after that, I switched over to the BTV, kept the NFL uh, 1 o'clock window on the ATV, and then switched it back right after the 1 o'clock window. I'm an expert at that. Please DM me, and I'll let you know how I do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we got Ryan down as a in the watched category. Thanks, Ryan. Dill, did you watch? If so, where? Uh, yes, as a fellow
2: Cup Series sponsor, I felt the need to want to tune in to see my beautiful sticker there on the decollet of the 51 car. Um, I watched... Typical to how I watch a, a lot of the races these days. It was on my laptop on mute, just kind of going uh, while football is on the main TV, but had it up on the, the big TV for probably the
0: last 50 laps. Cool, cool. All right. Connor, last, last but not least, did you and Where?
3: I, like Dave, did not see a continuous lap of this race. I was very uh, disappointed in myself, but I had a lot of work I had to catch up on uh, to get ready for this upcoming week. And then I had uh, headed over to Dave's house to enjoy some of that smoked meat he was talking about earlier.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we all had smoked meat on our minds someday. Uh, myself, I watched he did. <laughs> I watched the entire race. Of the race. I uh, was glued to the couch, had the spotter radio on, or the scanner radio on Joey Gase the entire time. I was glued in, watching our boy out there uh, try to get a top 30 finish. So, all right. Well, we got, let's see, one of the best races of the year, one where we're a cup sponsor and two-fifths of the crew didn't walk.
1: <laughs> I will say, I appreciate it. I appreciate the text thread quite active, especially with, Screen caps of the Joey Gase car making its appearance. So that I was, felt included.
3: That was all I need to see as well. Just <laughs> the picture, the screenshots of the Gase
1: car and our uh, beautiful logo. On now, the- one of us took a picture of our TV. One of us took a nice screenshot of their computer. <laughs> Which one do we use to post on our social media account? Garrett? <laughs> if I took the picture
0: and I got the account, then that's it, that looks <laughs> good.
1: Hashtag screenshot.
0: Hashtag screenshot. All right. uh, Let's let's move it along here. We also didn't get into two truths and a lie last week, so I'm excited that's back. I know that's a lot of people's favorite part of this. So let's get into that. Again, this is three facts I'm going to read. One of them is a lie. Our crew will have to distinguish which one that is. Uh, I guess we'll give Connor and Dave the opening uh, choice here since they seem to watch uh, the mo- the least amount of the race all right fact one playoff racing was alive and well as all eight playoff drivers led a lap during sunday's race fact two in reverse of last week playoff drivers dominated the stage finishes scoring more total stage points than non-playoff drivers in fact three Chase Elliott led the most laps en route to his second playoff win of the
3: year. Wow. That is, uh, <laughs> those are stuff I could, I have no idea. I'm going to say one because I don't know that Kevin Harvick led a lap. I know he had a lot of trouble, but I didn't see the beginning of the race. So I don't know if he was up there in the beginning, but I,
1: I don't know. All right. All right, Dave. I- yeah, that feels – Kevin Harvick did not have a good race. Felt like he was in 43rd at one point, taking it back a few years. But I – this feels like a trick question. I don't think Elliott led the most laps. Okay. All right. I saw Truex up there for a while. There was a lot of lead changes. I'm going I'm going. Chase Elliott did not lead the most laps.
0: All right. We got one person for fact one, one person for fact two. Dill. Um, well – me and Ryan, as the two that watch some of
2: the race, can weigh in here. Chase Elliott definitely led the most laps. I think he led, like, 260 in his – I think he – the only reason I know that is because he's had a career best for most laps led, I think, is why. Um, in fairness,
1: there's a lot of laps to be led there, Mark.
2: <laughs> I, I agree. I'm just – I'm working through the options here. <laughs> I initially thought it was going to be two because I know Harvick did really bad on stage points, but I don't really know how the others did. Connor hey, made a good
1: sounding Dylan, point. You might've heard me uh, typing on my computer. I was crunching the numbers on that. <laughs> that one is, uh, that that one's the truth. Uh, I don't think Kevin Harvick led a lap. So I think right, number but, uh, one is the lie.
2: Wait, well, once Connor know. said that, that's where I,
0: my initial gut went as well. Right. All right. Well, so we've got. Most people on fact one, Dave on fact three, sounds like he's already been proven wrong. So let me read them <laughs> again. I'm going to go in reverse order here. Fact three, Chase Elliott led the most laps en route to his second playoff win of the year. That is true. true. Fact two, in reverse of last week, playoff drivers dominated the stage finishes, scoring more, mo, uh, more total stage points than non-playoff tra- drivers. That is also true. Fact one, playoff racing was alive and well as all eight playoff drivers led a lap during Sunday's race. That is incorrect. Kevin Harvick was the only one that did not lead a lap. But seven out of eight is pretty crazy.
3: That is what I'm talking about. I just, I knew it in my gut.
2: How many races do they have to run again for seven of eight to lead a lap
0: and one of them to not
2: be Harvick too? That's that's wild. That's
3: crazy.
0: Yeah. Yep, that's crazy. You guys are sniffing these out too well. I'm going to have to do some more digging next time. Uh, We'll stop watching the race as much. That's our fault. (laughs) You're welcome. All right, let's get into stage one. DW, get us going. Let's go racing, boys. All right, stage one, we're talking race winner and race recap. And we've brought an expert to do it with us this time. Like I mentioned, Nate Ryan of NBC Sports, formerly the NASCAR reporter for USA Today and the Richmond Times-Dispatch. He's also on Sirius XM Radio. Uh, Nate is one of the best at what he does. We were honored to have him on. We hope you enjoy this interview and conversation as much as we did. And we will see you on the other side. All right, Gas and Go Nation, we're thrilled to bring in our special guest for this week's episode. Whether you've read his work from NBC Sports, heard his voice on Sirius XM Radio, if you're a real race fan, you know Nate Ryan, and Nate is in the Zoom house. Let's give Nate a golf clap, a better golf clap than we gave John Wood.
4: Yeah, (laughs) thank you, Nate. John Wood's actually won NASCAR races, so I don't know if I'm really deserving of such applause, but I appreciate it regardless.
0: John was our first guest and we, uh, we definitely <laughs> struck out on the clapping of the, the first, first around. <laughs> uh, well, Nate, thanks again for coming on. Uh, we want to break down the race with you and, and next week's race preview that a little bit, but our first and most pressing question from the gas and go boys is, did you see Joey Gase's 51 car out there yesterday?
4: I, I'm really upset with myself that I didn't know ahead of time that I should be looking at the deck lid of Joey Gase's car. So uh, unfortunately, I missed the big gas and go debut. Apparently, as a as a Cup Series sponsor, but again, congratulations on that. I, that's fantastic, and even lends more legitimacy to your your endeavor here as a podcast.
0: Yeah, well, thanks. We appreciate it. It was uh, it was pretty exciting to you know to be watching a race <laughs> and actually. Having a car out there with uh, something we invested in. So it was pretty cool. Joey, Joey's day, unfortunately, ended a little bit early, but uh, he, was, he was running all right there for a little bit and, you know, back there with those guys and, and uh, we had fun with it. So next, next race, we'll give you the, uh, the shout out beforehand and you can, you can make sure
4: to track it. Definitely, definitely.
0: All right, so let's let's dive in here a little bit, Nate. So every week uh, I kick off the show. I ask our guys where they watch the race from, just as a little background when we when we start to analyze the race. So I'm going to pose that question to you, but add on to a little bit. Uh, so where are you watching most races from these days? Are you going to any tracks, and does that change or help your reporting and, and view of the race?
4: Yeah, uh, sadly, Garrett, I, I watch most races from my couch. These days, which um, is it, certainly not ideal. Uh, it's something that I've grown accustomed to during the time of COVID-19. Um, and I'll be honest that I, I, I feel a certain level of disconnect uh, that is difficult for me as, as someone who, uh, as David knows, I mean, I, I've been covering races uh, in person since 1997 uh, and you know, full time since 2002. And to to go from covering I I think I don't know the exact number, but probably over five hundred cup races I've covered in person. And to go from doing that for um you know for the better part of uh what eighteen straight seasons to um I, this year I covered the Daytona five hundred in person, uh and since then nothing. Uh and it's it's been difficult. Um and I, I I think there's a certain amount of perspective and insight that you glean not just from watching the race in person but just from being um, on site during pre-race and post-race and getting to talk to these guys where it's not you know unfortunately all of my interviews this year also have taken place the way we're doing this Um, a lot of them over zoom some via phone but um, it makes it more difficult so yeah I, I prefer to be covering these races from media centers and press boxes I mean Martinsville is my favorite track on the circuit, and uh, you know, I vividly remember the the first Cup race I covered there was April of 1999 when John Andretti took the 43 to victory lane and this amazing comeback. Oh, yeah. um, and you know, I'll never forget, like coming down from the press box to go to the infield, like wait, that was when they still had the azaleas um, right by the catch fence in Turn Three and Four, and like we were like, I was waiting with other reporters, like sitting there and just looking around with ten laps to go, and it was just, it was incredible um and so I I can't wait to get back to that atmosphere and you know hopefully that's in the near future maybe even 2021. Yeah
0: I'm sure that's got to be difficult I mean so in watching the race from home do you have any insight that the normal fan or any sort of I don't know equipment or anything to view the race differently than just you know us normal schmoes sitting on our couch or is that just sort of how you're doing it?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of difference. And I I think that's where the frustration lies is that, you know, I'm this purported uh, expert. uh, (laughs) um, And, you know, I'm not like, discounting the fact that I do have some level, some degree of, of hopefully, like institutional knowledge, historical perspective, insight that I, I provide. And I do have access to um, probably some scoring monitors mm-hmm. um, that other fans don't have. NASCAR has made some of that available to the media. There's there's also some more proprietary stuff that uh, NBC and Fox uses that I also have access to. But yeah, for the most part, I, I don't feel as if I'm, again, as connected, as plugged in as I should be. Um, and so that that makes it a little trickier. But I still try to approach it uh, the same way as if I was on site and, um, you know, for, for the most part, it's not too limiting during the race. Cause a lot of times when I'm at the racetrack, I'm probably just listening to the network feed anyway. And I might occasionally go to the scanners, but I'm less of a scanner guy. Some of my colleagues, um, other media peers are uh, all they do is listen to, you know, four or five scanners at a time. I I usually just use the network feed and uh, rely a little bit on scanner audio. So it's, it's not so much different during the race, but again, like pre and post race it's just there's just so much you lose from from not being there yeah
0: i bet well i mean i guess that's funny to 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 be able to talk to you today and we're both sort of coming from it in the same boat watching watching on our couches so but let's dive into the race yesterday uh, and we usually start off our, our race uh analysis by talking about the race winner and, and what it means for them so you know chase elliott obviously takes the checkered flag you know Besides the obvious of getting him into the Final Four, you know, what does this race mean for Chase Elliott? Is this race career-defining, or is this just an opportunity to get him to that career-defining one?
4: I think, Garrett, it certainly sounded career-defining. If you listen to his interview afterward, I mean, Chase Elliott is someone who isn't known for wearing his emotions on his sleeve, even though he's the most popular driver in NASCAR a few years running. Uh, I think you know that if you talk to those of us in the media, we we probably would would wish that, and it's understandable. I mean, this is the way this kid is wired, and um, it's not as if he needs to be a pound his chest, a monster sort of guy. But like, it, it is sometimes difficult to to get much out of Chase during interviews. And again, like that's not a knock on him or a criticism of him. But when he then when he comes comes out and is very emotive, the way I thought he was last night after winning it at Martinsville. Um, I think you can read a little bit more into that. And so, you know, for him to say this was something we had to do, we hadn't put it all together, we we needed to take that next step as a team to to show we were championship caliber, Um, I think career-defining is a fair way to sort of put it. Now, of course, the the true career uh, definition will come if he wins the championship. And so Phoenix is more important in a sense in that way. But I think the way that, um, you know, one of the knocks on Chase before he got that first victory, uh in 2017 was that or in 2018 was that 2016-2017 he spent so many races like leading tons of laps and not being able to seal it not executing at the end so I think for him to do it the way he did it at Martinsville and his first team to overcome that that near pit miscue that they had um I think said a lot about him and the number nine yeah
0: yeah I agree with you his emotion there at the end you can certainly tell this meant a lot to him as it rightfully should I mean from our sort of on-the-couch viewing, it, it felt like a little bit during the summer there, Chase had had gone kind of quiet. Um, you know, once once they came back after the pandemic, he was he was competing and had those couple near wins. And then, I don't know if forgotten about the right term, but certainly he wasn't mentioned a lot over the summer. And then the chase started, and, uh, you know, he picks up the win at the Roval, picks up this win. He seems hot. I mean, is that... It, it seems like he's got just as good a chance next week as anybody, and and you know with his coming into Phoenix off a sim not similar Martinsville but short track ish, do you put him up there with anybody else? I mean with everybody else and, and being able to win it?
4: Yeah, I would. Um, I think you can put him right there with Logano and Keselowski and and Denny Hamlin, um, and I I think you, you you hit on it, Garrett. Is that 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 team does even seem, seem to have a way of of stepping up? uh, for the final 10 races. And I think particularly with with his crew chief, Alan Gustafson, uh, you know, this is his second championship appearance. He took Jeff Gordon there in 2015 in his final season. And I think like he's got a knack for, uh, much like the great crew chiefs do I think in NASCAR of knowing how to pace a team and a driver to peak at the right time. So, uh, I think you're right. I think, I think chase was kind of quiet, um, for some of the regular season they did sort of pick their spots, but when they pick their spots, I mean, Lord, look at his performance on road courses. I yeah. mean, it's, it's like he's in another league. So I, I think that speaks to how well they they are when they're very selective about knowing, like, hey, this is the race where we, we know we need to win. We know we need a top five, whatever. We're going to do it. Um, and I think that does bode well for him going into Phoenix.
0: Yeah, great. And, and I, I want to touch on something sort of big picture with Chase. And you mentioned this earlier about him being, you know, NASCAR's most popular driver, and, but also being a little bit more reserved.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You think he's got that persona, that sort of gravitas to carry that crown? I mean, like Dale Jr. did. Dale Jr. was very uh he did not back away from sharing his feelings in, in interviews. Sometimes yeah. it got him in trouble. <laughs> but is <just> he <laughs> the guy to to really bring NASCAR up to that level that, that Dale Jr. carried it when he was the most popular driver?
4: Yeah, that's something really interesting you you, you hit on there, Garrett. And I I, I think you deserve uh, some credit for, for noticing it. I mean, Dale Jr. Tony Stewart, uh, Jeff Gordon to some degree. I, I think their popularity was tied into the way they were relatable to fans and the way that they did, you know, wear their heart on their sleeves, especially Dale Jr. I mean, to me, like Dale Jr. was hugely successful because of his last name and because of his success on the track. Uh, Throughout his career, but I I think a large part of his his success and obviously his post driving career success has been the way he speaks and the way he's able to articulate himself and I think it appeals greatly to non racing fans as much as racing fans and I, you know, chase doesn't really have that. Um, I don't think it diminishes his popularity within the NASCAR fan circles because obviously, he's got huge, huge loyalty within the NASCAR fan base. Is he transcendent in the way that like Tony Stewart or Dale Jr. are or Jeff Gordon is? I don't think he's quite there yet. And I don't know if he'll get there. I mean, he grew up in a racing family and obviously even though his dad was Mr. Congeniality getting elected, you know, most popular driver 13 times or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, His dad was the same way with media, very shy, very reserved for the most part. Um, Didn't really want to make a ruckus. So he, again, it might just sort of be genetic that that Chase doesn't really have that side and that's okay by the way but yeah. um I, I think it does you know d- does it limit his ability to maybe be as transcendent as some of those other guys I, th- I think the answer is yes it might a little bit
0: yeah well that, I think that's just something he's still I mean gosh he's still really young so it'll be something to watch throughout his career for sure I, I'm sure he's got a lot more uh, popular driver crowns to to rack up there in the next coming years. so all right, let's move on a little bit here. Looking at the race as a whole, I thought it was a good race. Playoff guys were up there battling. The point tracker kept bouncing back and forth. Did Martinsville live up to the to the cutoff hype for you?
4: Uh, it did, uh, and you know, I think when the the schedule was reimagined this year, I think there was a lot of anticipation um, about what NASCAR had done because to me this was this was the first time uh, in the playoff elimination era that. NASCAR had really designed its schedule in a way that maximized the racetracks for the cutoff slots with, you know, Bristol and the Roval and now Martinsville being cutoff races. But unfortunately, I don't I don't think Bristol and the Roval delivered as much, particularly Bristol, as as I think people thought. And I think, you know, various reasons for that. But um, I think Martinsville absolutely did. Um, And Chase Elliott won by like, what, five or six seconds but that didn't take away from the drama at the end of that race at all. And that's a testament to the fact that uh, this is the type of track where you want to have a cutoff race, where you've got three guys all vying to get in on points into that championship round. And those points are depending on each position on the track, on the shortest track on the circuit, where guys are running into each other on every lap. So I think Martinsville um, actually surprisingly, I think even over-delivered a little bit on the drama. I was hopeful but I was a little bit hesitant about going overboard too much. I, you know, I, I kind of held back a little after seeing the way Bristol unfolded. But I think Martinsville really hit a home run.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right there, and we we certainly agreed. I mean, and one of our favorite tracks too. And I was a little bit nervous after the uh, I don't know whether it was June or July, the first Martinsville race. It wasn't quite as exciting as most yeah. Martinsville races are. Some, yeah, I'm happy this one lived up to it, and you mentioned the drama, two topics I think you're, well, I know you're up to speed on because I just read an article you wrote on one of them or helped with, uh, Hamlin and Eric Jones and Harvick not getting in. Let's start with Hamlin and Eric Jones. Is, is this something overblown? Is that, I mean, we see playoff drivers and teammates working together all the time. I know there was some audio picked up there on Eric Jones's uh, side. What's your take on this? Is this something that's going to blow over by tomorrow or by the time the race starts, or, or do you think we have a
1: larger problem here?
4: I, I think it does blow over, Garrett. And like I understand fans who are upset by this and and who want drivers, you know, to race as hard as they possibly can every lap. But to me, that this doesn't rise to the level of what NASCAR has had to endure in the past. You know, specifically, obviously, I'm talking about Richmond in 2013. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you have a driver allegedly intentionally cause a caution and then you have a multiple pit stops being made in which drivers are laying down intentionally to try to like give up positions. That's a lot different than Eric Jones being told, Hey, the guy in front of you is your teammate. He's, he needs that point you know, maybe don't force the issue. Like and that's how I hear that radio communication. I don't hear it as overt like you need to lay down or I mean right. let's let's face it, Eric Jones already was fired yeah. by Joe Gibbs racing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I mean like if you're Eric Jones, you've only got one race left with this team anyway, you probably could have just told them to take a hike. And um so yeah, I, I think this does blow over. I'm not expecting severe repercussions from NASCAR. I think NASCAR is only Possible admonishment to teams in this situation would probably be hey, um, maybe don't be overt if you're asking your drivers not <laughs> right. to pass somebody else for a position. Maybe don't say that, but just say, hey, the guy in front of you is your teammate. He needs that point. End yeah. of story.
0: I mean, one of my favorite things with NASCAR is their willingness to change the rules at like any point in time. You know, they, <laughs> I mean, this. <they're- laughs> You know, this year they added in the, the choose rule. I mean, is this is this 100% rule something that gets modified? I mean, we only got one race left this year, but before next year, is there more clarity added to it? Or is it just forget and move on and, and we'll deal with it as they come up?
4: You know, it's a really good question, Garrett. And I was talking to somebody on the NASCAR NBC broadcast team about that earlier today. And we were remarking on the fact that NASCAR wrote the 100% rule in like I, I, this is not an exaggeration in about a three-day span before the race at Chicagoland after Richmond in 2013, and they did it. I know this for a fact with multiple lawyers involved. And for whatever reason, they haven't modified. I mean, maybe it's because it was never really an issue again until yesterday, but they haven't really modified that language. And I think if they would have had more time to sort of spend an off season parsing out how they want that to read it might read differently and i i agree with you like to your point like um i don't like i don't love the way that rule reads i like the spirit of it i don't know if i necessarily like the letter of it and um i hope that is something maybe they revisit before 21 yeah
0: that'll be interesting for sure all right let's let's touch on that second topic i brought up kevin harvick does not make it into playoffs everyone well maybe not everyone but myself for sure you know penciled him in there with such a big points, uh, cushion, uh, you know, car troubles this week. Last week, he ran into troubles as well. But what do you say about that? And then, you know, there's a lot of Twitter talk uh, last night and today is that the regular season champion should get the automatic Final Four berth, which seems a little bit far fetched I, I don't think uh, Joey Logano, if he was in this situation, people would be maybe saying that as much. I mean, is that is that something that, You have any thoughts on or could get behind it all?
4: Yeah, I I think that is 100% a bad idea. Um, (laughs) I think that totally undermines the entire intent of uh, the reason NASCAR went to these elimination playoffs. And my my thoughts on Kevin Harvick are um, he had three races in which he probably needed to finish top 10 at best, but I mean, top, well, he, he probably needed to finish um fifth or better in each of those races and he would have been fine and he finished top 10 in one of those three races um and that's not championship caliber I, I, and i know that people will say oh well you know at texas there was the mist and he hit the wall well okay but maybe don't force the issue if there's mist or you know things like that happen i mean he's still it's still after that came down to martinsville yep. which is not one of his stronger tracks Uh, And he got outrun for most of Martinsville by some pretty bad cars. Now he came back in the last hundred laps and made something of it, but it was essentially the fact that he didn't get any stage points really in that race early Um, that they had that flat tire problem when he was stuck in the back and racing among back markers. Um, They put themselves in that position and they have nobody to blame but themselves. And I get like, Hey, nine uh, victories this year is going to lead the series. And you know, maybe he was the fastest car. For most of the year and you know his average finishes um you know just through the roof but like all those things to me don't matter in this system this system is about as kevin harvick has said three good races or three great races at a time and even if he i mean he had what 67 playoff points going into the round of eight if he had a hundred playoff points and put forth the performance that he did and didn't make it I'd still say I'd I'd feel the same way like he just he wasn't deserving um you know one second place and two finishes outside the top 10 and that round of eight aren't going to cut it for advancement
0: yeah I mean it's not the first time someone has won a lot of races during the regular season and not I mean chase or no chase not won the championship so I you know I understand people getting I don't know frustrated is the right word but just having it as something to talk about but it's not it's not a unforeseen that this happened. So, you know, I think it's another thing we'll just move on from. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Agreed. All right, Nate, we're, we're wrapping up here. Only a couple more questions for you. Um, I want to talk about next week a little bit. So a who your final four before the season were who did do you have that off the top of your head who you had in the final four?
4: I, I think I would have had Harvick, Hamlin, Kislowski, and Elliott. Probably would be my final four. So, so pretty much this final four, but with um, Harvick instead of Logano, probably have been my final four.
0: Yeah, and so do you see? I mean, who do you see as the favorite next week? Is it Logano because he's won there? Is it Hamlin because he's had such a great season? Keselowski, could probably say the same thing as well, and he's he's been really great on tracks similar to Phoenix. Or is it Elliott with the momentum? Who who do you got?
4: I think that um, conventional wisdom, Garrett, probably would be that. Joey Logano is your favorite Um, because the last time he was in this position in 2018, where he won that round of eight opener um, even though he was up against the so-called big three that year, he won the championship because they had that extra time to prepare. And um, he's a really good racer. Uh, He won at Phoenix earlier this season under this rules package, um, which NASCAR switched up after uh, last year. So um, I think that Logano probably would be considered your favorite. I like Hamlin's chances a lot because they've been in this situation before at Phoenix. And uh, we had Chris Gabehart on a media availability today. And I asked him like, do you use the fact that you guys won at Phoenix last year to make Homestead? And he was like, yeah, that's um, that's our rallying cry this week. I mean, like we've been in this type of situation before. And in many ways that was harder than what we'll have to do this coming week to win the championship at Phoenix, what they did last year at Phoenix to advance to Homestead, he thought was harder than trying to go win the championship at Homestead. So um, I like Hamlin's chances, but I, I think if you're looking at favorites, um, Logano probably is it. And I, you can't discount Kez or, or Chase either. I mean, everybody in this, I, this feels about as even of a championship four as I've seen. Yeah.
0: Well, Nate, you're a true professional in taking Logano and showing that you have no biases towards uh, popular, <laughs> convention, popular opinion. So I, I give you kudos there. Well, let me touch on Hamlin real quick again is, I mean, for a guy that's won so many races and and been just a staple in this sport for so many years, but to not have that championship is—I mean, it's—it's got to be weighing on him. And do you do you, do you find that? Do you see that pressure with him and his team, or is it just, hey, we're here for another
4: shot, let's get it, and if we don't get it, we'll we'll try next year? I do see that pressure, Garrett, and I think you're right. The team will try to do the latter and try to say, hey, just another race. We've won several times already this year. We can win this one. No reason that, you know, we we treat it any differently. But in the back of his mind, Denny Hamlin is aware that he's a Hall of Fame driver uh, just on his winning credentials alone. But that championship is going to make all the difference in the world if it's on his resume. So uh, I do think he comes in with probably the most pressure. Uh, And then Chase probably second because he needs it too. But, you know, and then, of course, Kozlowski and Logano want to win second championships but I think it's it's a little different for them
0: yeah yeah that's good insight um all right well I think that's that's all we've got for a race recap and race preview we appreciate your insights there Nate you're you're very good as usual and, and thanks for bringing that to our show uh, I want to move on here though to our favorite topic which are paint schemes so every week we give out what we call bumper sticker awards to our favorite paint schemes of the week and I know, I know paint schemes isn't, the, isn't your normal <laughs> beat report, but, but we're going to bring you in on this conversation anyway. So besides the 51, which was obviously the most <laughs> out there yesterday, was there anyone you noticed, anyone that stood out as, as looking all right? Oh,
4: man. Yeah, like this is one of these things where I just, when I watch races now, I don't see paint schemes anymore, which is <laughs> funny because... Uh, My first race ever in 1997 at Fontana, the first race at California Speedway, it was then called June 1997. Like, I could remember probably every paint scheme uh, in that race if you asked me to do it. Um, But, like, the longer I've been doing it, the less things seem uh, as vivid to me. And also that the paint schemes change, obviously, so much more now than they did 23 years ago. So um, I'll defer to you guys. uh, But I'll say this. I, I do like blue. So um, any if I was forced to pick one, it would probably be anything involving a blue. And uh, petty blue is appealing to me. All right. We'll put you down in the blue category. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Well, uh, that's all I got. I know uh, we got our gas man, Dave, here. who has got a couple big picture NASCAR questions for you. Dave, I'm going to throw it over to you. What do you got for Nate?
1: Well, first of all, I'm not going to let you off that easy on no bumper sticker. I I understand you're not seeing them anymore. You mentioned Fontana or California <laughs> Speedway. Give get me one from 97. Give me a, give me a favorite all-time.
4: Tell me oh, a good looking car. Um, I mean, like, I go back to the, the the June of 97 days, and, you know, automatically my, my brain goes right to uh, Rainbow Warriors. Um, and I also remember that um, in that 97 race, Terry Labonte was running a Frosted Flakes scheme, which was a big photo of Tony the Tiger or a big like, uh, caricature or whatever of, 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 Tony, the, the, the tiger on his hood. And I think he finished second to Gordon. Uh, Jeff Gordon won that race on a fuel mileage strategy. I think the was second. So that those two stay vividly in my mind. And if the spam car was in that race, I think the spam car might've still been a thing then in cup, um, that would be on my list too. Very solid. Now we're, th- those are the kind of answers we're looking for. Very nice. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, But like Garrett said, taking a big picture, uh, last time we saw you was probably 10 years ago waiting for traffic to clear out after a Richmond night race. And within a few years, some of the sports most popular tracks Richmond included were removing seats and struggling to sell tickets. What changed?
4: Yeah, it's, it's sad to see in a lot of ways, David. And, um, I think a lot of things have changed, like not all of them have to do with NASCAR as much as people want to lay the blame, I think, sure, at NASCAR's feet. Um, I, a lot of it I don't think people realized the level to which um, corporate sponsorship, I think subsidized a lot of attendance and a lot of tickets. like I can remember talking to um, Jeff Bird, uh, the late president of Bristol Motor Speedway. And, you know, there's a track that sold out 160,000 seats twice a year for, I don't know how many years, over, over 10. And, um, that being said, uh, there were too many tracks of, that were not like Richmond and Martinsville and Bristol that were built. Um, there were a lot of tracks that were overbuilt. Um, and I think NASCAR and they've admitted this, they lost their way a little bit in terms of, um, what they, what they prioritized, I think as far as the racing goes. So, um, I think NASCAR is in a good, is in a better spot in some ways now because they're right-sized. I, you know, I know that's somewhat cliched to say, but it's it's true. Like they're right-sizing their facilities in a way that uh, other sports have, and you know, and Richmond probably the last time we were in that parking lot had a capacity of 112,000 then, and now has what I think 40 to 50,000 seats. I can see a time when Richmond will get back to selling out 40 to 50,000 seats again, hopefully in the near future. Uh, I don't know if even if NASCAR had gone on a rocket ride back up to where its popularity was in the late 90s. I don't know if given just everything about society and the way sports are uh, consumed these days, if if Richmond could ever get back to where it was of selling out 100,000 seats twice a year. uh, All good points for sure. And I mean, I think
1: TV is only getting better, right? So high definition right. televisions and and crank it up—they're not helping the the race day experience, right? Because they're making it easier to get at least a a taste of that from home. Um, yeah, but to follow yeah. up, you know, NASCAR—they were the first sport back after lockdown. They've got a big name who we like to talk about, Michael Jordan, joining the fold in twenty one. Can it capitalize on that momentum? And and what does that look like?
4: I I think they can get some of that, Dave. Like, um, yeah, I I think Jordan. Uh, will be a coup for them and already has been in some ways that perhaps we haven't completely felt yet because um, not like that announcement's been overshadowed by the playoffs, but it kind of came during a weird point in the year and there's so many other things going on. Now it'll be really interesting to me to see how that's, you know, when Michael Jordan comes to the racetrack as a team owner with Denny Hamlin for the first time, hopefully 2021 Daytona 500, um, how that is, uh, embraced. I, I think it'll be heavily embraced. So, you know, I, I think that that, um, could be a boon for them. Um, and that's definitely something I'm, I'm looking forward to see, like, um, you know, how, what kind of, what kind of waves that makes. Me too. And, uh, you know, I appreciate your insight on both those topics.
1: I'm hoping that by February of 2021, Gas and Go is a credentialed podcast. Uh, we'd love to do this interview live from the track, um when daytona and michael jordan comes to town either way thanks uh thanks for your candor thanks for the great answers i'll uh throw it back to garrett here yeah thanks dave and nate anytime you need to talk uh with a
0: big corporate donor sponsor we're uh easily available <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are we are well versed now into that world <laughs> but no but in all seriousness, dave's right thank you uh for your time and your insights and knowledge of the border unparalleled so really appreciate it um and hope to have you on again soon and and uh, we'll, maybe we'll do a Daytona preview and uh hope you get to enjoy some time off during the off season
4: yeah no I appreciate all that guys and uh, I really enjoyed it th- th- these were great questions this is uh definitely not anywhere near um the bottom 20 of uh media outlet interviews that I have done uh in my career you guys are are definitely in that upper half. So keep well, up the great praise. work here. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, you know, you, you come from good lineage there, uh, David. So um, of course you guys are going to, uh, you know, bring some good A game here. And uh, yeah, I, I would love to do this in person at the track. Uh, let me know if you need help in terms of uh, putting a word in, in the credential, the media relations side, and I able to help you guys out there.
1: Hey, well, I will not hesitate yeah. to send that email. And uh, you know, if you would like to have us, the podcast, the pod,
4: our podcast, Gas and Go, on your podcast, you know how to reach us. (laughs) I do. I do. I mean, obviously, if I need uh, insight on the big picture story on sponsors and how to get on Joey Gase's deck lid, I know where to go.
0: There's a lot of opportunities here with this podcast, Nate. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Love it.
0: All right. Well, thanks, Nate. We'll uh, let you get back to your job, and uh, hopefully we're back at the track next year. So thanks again, Nate. Take care. Thanks, guys. All right, there you have it. Once again, thank you, Nate, for your time, his time. He's a busy man going into one of NASCAR's busiest weeks, and he took time out of his schedule to join us. That means a lot. Uh, make sure you follow Nate on Twitter. It's at Nate Ryan. That's pretty easy. He's the one with the blue check mark. Uh, all right, boys, biggest takeaway from that interview for you. Dave, I mean, I'll start with you. What did you think about his comments on Chase Elliott overall?
1: To me, that really resonated, especially, as I've said several times on the pod, as a you know lifelong junior fan, what I really loved about Dale Jr., other than his driving prowess, was that he was always bigger than the sport. He was almost bigger than his sponsors. I mean, you knew Budweiser was on the hood. Whatever was on the hood, they were getting play from junior, but he was there to thank the fans, to thank his team. He was there to drive. Not just to make Hellman's mayonnaise look like a winner, um, and you just don't see that from so many of the young guys. And I think you know his point about elevating, rising above the sport. You know when you're when you're driving the Jimmy John's Chevrolet, right, and not just the number four car. It it's tough. I thought that was very interesting of him. Yeah,
0: I think so too. I mean, I I think this has the potential uh, to get Chase to that next level I mean obviously he's already you know he wins the 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 fan vote for NASCAR's most popular driver every year um but nationally you know he doesn't have that name like Dale Earnhardt Jr. did and or still does and so maybe you know maybe next week he wins a championship and you know Napa starts putting him on some commercials Hooters starts putting him on more commercials and he gets a little more more exposure
1: Brian you want to chime in here do you think these younger drivers are a little bit more gun shy about being outspoken? I mean, even like Ryan Blaney, he's super popular. I, I I couldn't tell you what his voice is. Alex Bowman's kind of, you know, in the shadows, Byron, all all these young guys are just so quiet. Dylan, what do you think of that?
2: So that, that kind of leads me to what my question is going to be. And I feel like you kind of see it in a lot of sports too, where if a guy you, you can either tell early or not, whether they kind of have it to carry it and Chase Elliott as you guys talked about, currently, you know, doesn't really have that fit. I mean, quite honestly, like, what's stopping Bubba from being that guy? I know the success isn't there right now, but for having a name, having that uh, Michael Jordan coming in, like, why does it have to be Chase Elliott? And why do we have to focus on him being it? Like, maybe we start embracing some of the next wave things. Although I I get that Chase Elliott's good and going to be here, but in terms of that face of NASCAR, you know?
0: Yeah, I think that opportunity is definitely there. I think, I mean, Chase Elliott just won, so obviously he's on the top of our mind, and and we talk about the race winner on this show. So you want to dig into him a little bit there, and, you know, it's fair to ask questions. And and I think Chase is uh, a very good driver, and I think he is uh, popular for a reason. Um, But I don't see why someone else couldn't leapfrog him given the right situation you know, a la Michael Jordan owning your team and already having a platform that you've been working <laughs> on all year. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see. And Nate sort of touched on that, you know, that Michael Jordan coming in is, gonna, is going to be a big deal for NASCAR and
1: hopes that it's, it's sort of what brings NASCAR back uh, to what it was. Right. I mean, right now, Michael Jordan is an idea in NASCAR. Once you see Michael Jordan on pit road, then Michael Jordan is in NASCAR, um, and that was that was interesting perspective, right? It's they've announced it, but it's not real until that car shows up, until Michael Jordan shows up at the track, and then all of a sudden, yeah, that's some real draw. Yeah, it, but I mean the Charlotte Hornets aren't cool. I mean <laughs> MJ is very cool, and I think it's awesome for NASCAR, but it's not going to be an automatic like this is going to turn the sport upside down is michael Good jordan point. owning the car yeah,
4: uh, yeah. now
0: michael jordan's in space. you know this is different for him this is this is new so i think the, i think the allure and just that spark you know michael jordan going to the hornets to own it wasn't it's like all right well michael jordan's already been in the nba for however many years you know this this has that uh that newness factor to it um but yeah i mean you know we'll see and, and you know Good luck to chase next week and, and hoping, you know, good things for him. So all right, a little bit back on the race though. what do you guys think of the, the whole Hamlin, Eric Jones situation? I think NASCAR just announced no penalties. Not that that was is a surprise and Nate, Nate said as much, but you know, th- does it bother you guys at all that Jones was kind of told to back off or, is, you know, that's just part of the sport. They're teammates for a reason and racing's racing.
2: So, just continue.
1: to go ahead, go go. I'll go just ahead.
2: say, just to like fully, you know, make sure that we're all on the same page with and kind of make, you know, so Eric Jones was trailing Denny and he got told by his, uh, you know, microphone, don't pass him was the, the quote that the mic picked up and that went viral on Twitter. So, it's whether or not, you know, we're okay with that being given that they're teammates and that Denny needed the point. Um, I, I don't know I feel like I, I was okay with it, but I, I, Ryan, what were you gonna say there?
1: I, I just know j g r and FedEx pay Denny Hamlin and that eleven car a lot of money, and if that twenty car would have passed them, that would have been some major issues in that house, yeah, so I know they already let Eric Jones go, but part of it is working together I love,
3: I would have loved to see Eric Jones give him like the f u like all right, you guys are firing me. this is when I'm gonna show you what like what what I'm gonna do to
0: yeah, I was hoping ruin for your
3: chances there. Yeah, yep. but, but I don't know, I, I I thought it was already kind of an unwritten rule or an implied rule that if you're the teammate of a guy and he's in contention for something and you're kind of out of it, you don't mess with it or you even help him to get more. Yeah. I didn't even think it was like, I thought it was nothing. What
2: What is the point of having a teammate if that situation arises and they can't be there to help you out? Like, I, what's even, why does it exist?
1: Yeah, it's a good point. I mean,
0: I agree. They're all in house for a reason. Yep.
1: And, and they were talking earlier when Ryan Blaney was in the lead, how he was letting the playoff drivers drive their race. He wasn't bothering them. Like with Logano, he was taking them out or doing whatever. So there is some sort of like, you got to respect the other drivers to maybe get a favor down the road. So it's still in Eric Jones' best interest to not make Denny Hamlin and all of JGR hate his guts. So. Sure. It's still yeah. a good move for him, even though we would have loved it and we would have bought his merch maybe for a week and <laughs> get him on the podcast. But it's good for him long-term to stay clean a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, and I, I got to give kudos to Ryan and Connor here, both of them doubted harvick getting well
1: it. well one of us more than the other <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's true ryan straight up called it connor uh waffled around it but lightly mentioned it so more than the, the other three of us Her, turn now, back we'll,
3: to episode two for <laughs> if you want
1: to reference what we're talking about here
2: does anyone think harvick or Hamlin won't make it
1: i got harvick not making it
2: Last <laughs> three right,
1: races. Oh. Last Three races, 11th, 20th, and 10th. He's got no SHR teammate left. Clint Boyer's dying on the side. Almarola too busy with the Smithfield sizzle. I don't even mean, Cole Custer, what's he doing? He's gonna have no help. He's not gonna make it out.
0: Yeah, Doesn't Robert remind
1: you of one of these like 12 and 4 NFL teams that gets the two-seed, they get the bye into <laughs> the second round. They're taking, you know, they're on a boat somewhere. They took yeah, the call the Patriots round off. <laughs> They're going to get punched in the face by Kurt Busch, literally and figuratively. We're talking about tracks where Harvick has, that has that a lot of good history, too. He's not going to forget how to win at these tracks. We won't mention that we had Kurt Busch in the
4: final four. <laughs> yeah, we, were talking about
1: right. Kurt <laughs> we We're coming off a of Kurt Busch tie. Hey,
3: will, I will say that I did correctly um, choose a Bush to win the Texas race. That's true. May have not been the Bush I was thinking of, but <laughs> all I said was Bush. When you, when you go with just Bush, you got double the chances.
0: Uh, um, I'm like two for two there. <laughs> all right, I mean, I think that's about it. The only other thing I'm going to say about the the race and the playoffs, and, and that is uh, I wish Jimmy Johnson would have announced earlier on that he was going to just straight up retire after he didn't make the playoffs, and, you know, because it doesn't seem like he's been out there for the last nine races. I almost feel bad for him going into his last race. That no one has whispered about him at all. He's barely contending, uh, and so
1: Garrett, I you- saw it on Connor's face that he was like, "Wait." Jimmy Johnson didn't race.
3: Uh. <laughs> I, was, I was really confused. I was like, oh, just, like, stop. Garrett, do you think that they give him a little more spotlight in the telecast next week with it being his actual last race?
0: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he'll have all, all kudos and special. I sessions. feel
2: like Clint Boyer's gotten like three times the farewell yeah. tour as Jimmy Johnson has. <laughs>
1: Quentin Boyer's still driving. That's true. Jimmy Johnson's a passenger at this point. (laughs) Jimmy Johnson was with Kevin Harvick the last three races there.
0: Yeah. All right, well, I think we exhausted stage one there, especially uh, with the rundown uh, from Nate that we got. So let's move it along here, boys. We're going to jump into stage two. So let's bring in our Gas and Go news correspondent, Rhino, over to you.
1: Thanks, Garrett. I'm Rhino, and this is your stage <laughs> two Gas & Go News. In a new morning console poll, it was found that Bubba Wallace is the most well-known driver. Garrett, who would you rather hang out with for an evening? Bubba Wallace, Bubba Watson, or Bubba Sparks? Ooh, that's a good Bubba <laughs> trio. I gotta go Watson, because I want to play golf with him. <laughs> good lefty. Three NASCAR drivers, Kyle Busch, Eric Almirola, Daniel, and Daniel Suarez dressed up as Mario characters, according to a Twitter thread I saw. Dylan, what was your favorite video game from the Mario universe?
2: Ooh, favorite video game, uh, it was a tie between original Mario Kart and then an underdog, the Wii version of Mario Soccer where you could use it to do special power-ups. It was fantastic.
1: Sneaky, sneaky. Kyle Larson is officially going to the Hendrix uh, number five car. Connor, they are saying the ride is unsponsored. Do you think we're gonna see Hendrix.cars.com on the hood for 36 races or what? I
3: wanna see that Tony the Tiger back on that car, like Nate mentioned in his interview. That would be amazing. That's good.
1: Uh, NASCAR says they're gonna look into the actions of Eric Jones and Denny Hamlin. We already answered this question, but Dave, you get a free section here. I already answered it. What do you got? Uh, Cal Naughton Jr. does not pass Ricky Bobby. All right, his day is coming. (laughs) Thank you for saving me. The Xfinity Series released their 2021 schedule this week, and they are not going to Iowa next year. Garrett, what's your best uh, corn recipe or a good way to make corn?
0: Uh, Connor's
1: got the best corn
0: recipe. It's it's a version of Mexican street corn. It's dank. He can fill in. We'll
1: post it online. Clint Boyer ran a special thank you fans paint scheme at Martinsville. Dylan, how much would I have to pay you to put a thank you Ryan on your car?
2: I would do that for free, just for you. Thank
1: you. Uh, In additional Halloween news, Eric Jones dressed up his dog as a ghost. Connor, where do you stand on dressing uh, your pets up in costumes? Is this inhumane? No, it should be more than just for Halloween. Every day of the year. (laughs) New costume every day. Big election coming up. Will not even conclude till January, I think. Dave, what are the chances Roger Clemens or Barry Bonds gets elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame on their last chance on the ballot? Zip Zero, Stingy with De Niro. And that is your Stage 2 Gas and Go News. I'm Rhino. Garrett, back
0: to you. All right. Thank you, as always, Ryan, for that rundown of everything going on in NASCAR world, everything people did and certainly didn't want to know. All right, folks. It's that time to pay some bills. And we've actually got a sponsor this week. So I'm going to throw it over to Dave to tell us who is making history as the first sponsor ever on the gas and go podcast dave who we got
1: what a week man what a week for gas and grow gas and go we are the first time cup series sponsors and i'm excited to say presenting our first sponsored episode tell introduce our sponsor Garrett. tell me if it's got wheels and a motor who's got the know-how you need to keep it running right
0: That's Michael Waltrip's old favorite place, Napa, baby.
1: You know it, Garrett. For me, it's Tim Hogan's Springfield, Virginia, Napa Auto Parts location on Iron Place. And with over 6,000 stores and more than 500,000 parts, we're confident Napa has the quality parts you need at a convenient location. Tim hooked me up when I needed a new battery, and he'll do the same for you. A big thanks to Napa and to Tim, who are sponsoring our giveaway this week. Kenny, if you're listening, I hope you're sitting down. We are giving away a life-size cutout of none other than Martinsville winner Chase Elliott. More details to come, but thank you, Napa. NapaOnline.com at Napa Knowhow on Twitter. And now back to you, Garrett, for more details on our giveaway.
0: All right, thank you, Dave. That's right, folks. We're giving away a life-size cutout of NASCAR's most popular driver and this week's race winner, Chase Elliott. I know there are some Chase Elliott fans that listen to this show. They hit us up on Twitter all the time. So there should be some excitement around this one. To enter, listen closely, to enter, tweet at us, hashtag Napa Knowhow and your champion prediction in Phoenix. And we will enter you into the contest uh, to be drawn at a later date. Uh, and it will be a random winner. Uh, if you're not comfortable using Twitter, if you want to do something else you or, or putting it out on public, DM us on Twitter, or you can email us, podcast at gmail.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you guys. Remember, I'm looking at this thing right now, folks. It's awesome. All right. You want it. I actually want it for myself. I'm going to enter and try to rig this thing under a fake name. (laughs) It's a life-size cutout of Chase Elliott. I know the Chase Elliott fans out there want it. Uh, So let us know who your champion is and tweet at us, hashtag Napa know how. All right. Well, thanks again, Tim, uh, and the Springfield, Virginia, Napa store. All right. Well, moving on here, folks. Uh, no one's favorite part of the show, but we do it anyway. Ryan, give us five good F1 seconds now.
1: Hamilton and Bottas went one-two to capture the constructors' championship for Mercedes for the seventh consecutive year. A late max for Stapp and tire failure led the way for Daniel Ricciardo to make the podium. All right, <laughs> I, that was say, well done. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: would say thank you, but that would mean I appreciated that update. So moving on. All right, it is bumper sticker awards time. Do you know, play us in. All right, stage three, everybody. This is bumper sticker awards time. Remember, this is where the Gas and Go crew gives out our bumper sticker awards to our favorite paint schemes of the week. We can all only choose one paint scheme, but this week, we're all choosing the same paint scheme because the Gas and Go boys were on the 51 Joey Gay's car. How did it feel, boys? I mean, let's talk about this a little bit. I'll give the background here. People are probably wondering how this came to be a little bit random. Uh, Mr. Joey Gaze posted that he didn't have any sponsors for Martinsville and us being big Martinsville track fans uh, missing or disappointed that we had to miss the race and couldn't be there. We wanted to be there in spirit. So we partnered up with Joey to get our, to get our logo on the deck lid. It looked great out there. It was a sticker. We were a little late, getting this all together. So next time we'll be on the car wrap and we won't be a decal, but it still looked good. We, we loved it. Uh, were you guys happy with it? It was the deck lid, the place to be, or where are we going next time?
1: I mean, I love it. I, I, I think I had, I was hesitant to make the investment. I think among us, uh, maybe I don't know. I don't know what the word you want to use is, but man, was it worth it to see that car rolling out? Just so cool. I credit to whoever coined the term, deck lid, because it just sounds so much better than trunk. I mean, you know, you're not going to pay top dollar for a trunk sponsorship, but for a deck lid, oh yeah, baby, that is well worth it. Uh, Next year, Martinsville, I think we should be on the hood. I assume that includes some passes. It was awesome.
3: I, for one, was shocked that we pulled it off. That was (laughs) For how quickly that, like, it became real, what was it, Wednesday, we were, like, talking about it or messaged him or something, and he was like, yeah, just get get us the design quick, and we're like, yeah, let's do it, whatever, and it was much cooler than I was actually expecting. Once it, like Dave said, when you finally saw it on the car, uh, in the pictures, on Twitter and stuff, it was very exhilarating to be a part of.
0: Yeah, that picture he sent us with the car parked out there on Pitt Road in Martinsville, the sun shining. I mean, it, it was it was just amazing. It was awesome. And we're, we're happy that we could do that with Joey. And
1: uh, <laughs> No one can take away from us that we're Cup Series sponsors. No matter where yeah. the podcast goes, we're Cup Series sponsors. So yeah. And,
0: and if, you listen, if you've listened to this show from the start, you'll, you'll sort of know a background here, but... Bumper Sticker Awards is a segment here because we were all sitting together during the Bristol race this year uh, wondering how much it would cost to sponsor, to place a bumper sticker size sponsorship on Timmy Hill's sponsor list truck car. Truck car, not even cup car. And, uh, you know, we goofed around about it for a while, throwing around different random numbers, not really knowing at all how much it was going to be. And then (laughs) two, two short months later, we're... We're not on a truck car. We're on a cup car, and we're out there rooting them
3: off. This is this has really got to up our leverage with talking to Timmy Hill next time about getting a little yeah. bumper sticker on a truck car. I mean, for a, for a solid legit.
2: three hours, yeah, for a three-hour span, we were the equivalent to what Bushlight, M and M's, NBC, <laughs> name it, FNX. Oh, I mean,
1: we were we were on the same level. Yeah. With all due respect. We're not reaching out to Timmy Hill, and and look, Mister Hill, if you're listening, slide on into the DMs, man. But we are. We're Cup Series sponsors. Timmy.
0: Yeah, we we're there. Out. We're not following. We up. can't go down from here. We are. We're on the Cup Series. <laughs> <laughs> We've. I mean, my. You should see my inbox flooded. Oh flooded with cup cars asking for the gas and go logo on there I heard Harvick
2: might need the g g bump to actually make the championship next year
1: they got offended, they got offended when Garrett called him or yeah when Garrett called him gas station pizza and Hunt Brothers actually left the four team looking to replace Hunt Brothers as a sponsor
3: I think Bubba might needs a few more sponsors there we should
0: we're open to any, anybody out there who's wheeling it get in touch we'll, we'll talk numbers and we'll get that logo on there all right well Obviously, you know, that's going to get everyone on this podcast's award. So we'll do some honorable mentions, though. Uh, there were some other sweet paint schemes out there this week. Dave, I'll let you lead off. Who do you got?
1: I was really hoping you'd go to me first. Uh, Nate Ryan didn't pick a car, which I think is fortunate for me because he said he likes blue cars.
0: Yeah.
1: And, man, I, I'm i starting to realize I do, too. Here I am giving Alex Bowman oh, the daves.com no. award. <laughs> Because that royal blue and yellow, you know, planners number 88 with Mr. Peanut on it, it looked awesome. Uh, I think anything that has a similar paint colors to the Wrangler 3 just automatically draws my eye, but that was a sharp car.
4: Why does Mr.
1: Peanut have a monocle? Why is he so fancy? Why does he have a top hat? That is is the classiest Peanut I've
3: ever seen. I'm
2: surprised I didn't go with Baby Nut uh, on the car there. (laughs)
0: He's very formal. uh, Mr. Peanut is from Virginia, so that might be why he was on the hood there in Martinsville. But that was, I agree, Dave. You heard a lot of groans there because I think everyone probably had that as their leader in the clubhouse. But it is gone, so the rest of us have to pick a new car. Ryan, who do you got?
1: Well, I'm going to try and steal uh, Dylan's car. I'm going to go with the two-lane mean green number 19 uh, auto owner's insurance car. Okay. Uh, blue and green. I think it would be down 14 to Memphis in the dome is what I would say it looks like. And it's just an awesome-looking car. And it's good to not have Bass Pro on it. So then the three cars. The big go.
2: the big A on the front of that was great. Yeah. I, I like that A a lot.
1: <laughs> I, yeah,
2: it's that like was
0: a large G. A. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dylan, we'll give you the next shot. Who you got?
2: All right. Well, for my uh, bumper sticker award, which for me are my college helmet sticker awards, we're going actually out of the power five here, but staying in the top 10 in both the number and the rankings, that number eight car driven by Tyler Reddick has the number six Cincinnati Bearcats written all (laughs) over it. And he had that thing flying just like the Bearcats are flying on the field right now, the stripes on the side. I think NASCAR can get a little weird with some of the, Graphic elements, but I think this one was done very well with kind of like that that jungle themed stripes
0: going through. It looked very good. That was a good one. I'll give you that. He he was on my short list.
3: All right, Connor. We got okay. Okay, this is going to be a bit controversial because this guy may have taken out our guy. Oh no!
1: <laughs> oh,
3: <is> wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like we got a little more airtime because he took us out. <laughs> but that double O, uh, the Quin Hoffmobile, mobile, light blue, dark blue, it, it, it had it all. The units uh, <laughs> sponsorship, you know. If you ever need a unit, you know, you know where to go to. Um, I thought it was a very nice looking car, man. Quin Hof, even better with uh, Joey's. Uh, colors that rub, you know, rubbed off after he spun
1: us out, or he uh, he rubbed us. Yeah. Normally, yeah. normally it's Ryan we kick off the podcast, but not this week. <laughs> I, I'm staying on. <laughs> All right, I'll clean
0: us up here. I'm surprised no one took this car. Actually, uh, I'm going with the '37 Ryan Priest Louisiana Hot Sauce Flamed Up Chevy Camaro. That thing was. I liked it. I like that Louisiana hot sauce logo. The flames on the side were looking good. A nice, nice black on there. So that, that'll get my award this week. Uh, nice job. Ryan priest. And, uh, Do you know, course, any Ryan
1: priest fans on Twitter? Are there any out there?
0: <laughs> oh, there's some Ryan <laughs> priest fans out there. They'll be, they'll be stoked to hear this one. There you go. Um, I, second, my second place since I'm last, I get, I get, given an honorable mention. Uh, the number 12 Ryan Blaney card just reminded me of days of thunder. You know, the old Tom Cruise 47 car that he ran in the movie. So I, I like that one uh, as well. But there were some good cars out there this week, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. I like oh, yeah. the 32, uh, Corey LaJoy. I,
2: I, I think that they did the Halloween theme with the CorvetteParts.net, which, A, is a hilarious website. But I love that they actually went with a Halloween theme, you know, kind of like what Bush did last week. It's always totally cool to see those one-offs done.
1: Yeah, that one was cool for sure. Do we have any uh, shout-outs from Twitter? Twitterland have we some? We do.
0: We got two shout-outs from Twitter. Uh, Let me I, guess. Is Kenny on there? Uh, you will not be surprised that Kenny is one of them. Uh, <laughs> you like the nine car? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to we're gonna give Kurt uh, Mueller, I think, at Kurt, M-U-L-L-E-R 20, uh, the first shout-out. He liked the 34 Michael McDowell carparts.com car. Uh, and I'll agree with him on that one. I can't hate there. That was that was a nice looking car. And, and Michael McDowell was running in the back with our boy a little bit, so we got a little little more <laughs> uh, eyes on him than normal.
1: Any uh, issue having CorvetteParts.net and CarParts.com that close to each other on the J-Ski Paint Ski? How does CarParts get a .com
3: and CorvetteParts.net? <laughs> <a> What's <laughs> Corvette couldn't pay a little extra to get the .com? Um, it was maybe already taken. <laughs>
0: Um, and of course, like Ryan mentioned, our boy, everyone's favorite fan, Kenny Hunt, shockingly went with Chase Elliott <laughs> uh, in the normal Napa <laughs> scheme. The standard scheme. <laughs> hey, Kenny got his wings, man. He, he got the win. He's in the championship. <laughs> Feel, Kenny's riding high right now. Gotta give him some
1: credit there. And people like the uh, Boyer car, the thank you fans, Well, uh, wood paneling. They had all his old uh, primary sponsors on the back. It looked all right. I
2: like it visually didn't look great. Like I get it's a cool thing to do that he did, but like it wasn't really pulled off all that well with the wood paneling. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. That was bumper sticker rewards. Good rundown. A little backstory there on the Joey Gase car. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. We appreciate everyone retweeting us and following along. That was a lot of fun. Uh, okay. Ryan, let's get into our random sponsor of the week and uh, let us know who we need to know about that was on someone's car, besides us, of course.
1: <laughs> yes, we were, the <laughs> we were the random of the random uh, sponsors this week. But uh, I went outside of us. I went on Brad Keselowski's number two Penske Ford uh, Dent Wizard. They're the nation's largest provider of automotive reconditioning services. I could have used these guys back in 2011 when I was trying to park my mom's car in a spot that wasn't a spot and ended up with a huge scratch down the side of it. later, they have over 1,600 technicians servicing 4,000 customers. Their core values include excellence, innovation, customer devotion, integrity, and not using ketchup on hot dogs. They have 654 followers on Twitter, and I am now one of them. Dobby, the house elf, was my favorite character from the Harry Potter universe to say in the Dent Wizard family. That's all (laughs) I got, Garrett.
0: All right. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, we reached out to Dent Wizard about maybe teaming up here. So maybe that will show them that we're legit and we, we recognize them, see them out there. So stay tuned for that.
1: If they pay us, we'll say nice things. Exactly. I, I promise yeah, you that, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, even if they don't, we'll, we'll probably say nice things anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, let's get into our Greg Biffle fact of the week. Connor, what's on tap for the Biff this week?
3: So I I didn't have a long phone call with the orthodontist. He was in a rush there. So I didn't get as much information as I wanted out of him. But Greg Biffle used to own a bar and restaurant. Um, It was called Biffle's Pub and Grill. It was in Vancouver, Washington, where he's from. It has since closed down. I don't know when it opened. I don't know when it closed. I don't know what they served there, but I'm guessing a hamburger was on the menu. Um, and that is all I got. It, oh, it was next to a big lots. So I do know that. <laughs> right.
1: More and more, I feel like these biff facts are are two the long con of two truths and a lie. <laughs> it's, it's, at some point, he's going to tell us which of these were made up. Two I don't biffs know if Connor's making them up or if the orthodontist <laughs> is. But two biffs and a whiff.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, <laughs> stay tuned for two biffs and a whiff next week. <laughs> segment coming in. All right, let's, uh, we got to wrap this thing up and we still got some stuff to talk about here. Um, okay. Predictions this week, a little bit different than normal. We're not going to pick a race winner. We are going to pick a champion from each series since all three series are going for, uh, or are looking to crown their champion in Phoenix. So everybody just give me one name from each series And we'll put you down on the books and come back and make fun of you later for getting it wrong. So, Bill, who you got first? We'll start in the truck series.
2: We are going with our single-digit number two, Sheldon Creed, to easily sweep the truck series. Moving up to the Xfinity series, only single cars go fast. We're taking that seven car, Justin a is going to win it right there and then up into the cup we're going to go away from our two single digit cars if you have two single digit cars you have no single digit cars so we're going to go with the double two joey logano is going to repeat at phoenix
0: whoa all right connor who you got
3: i've got uh elliot for the the cup series we're riding high riding hot I've got uh, Briscoe in that 98, pretty close to 100 in a three-digit number. (laughs) And then I've got one of the coolest names ever, Mr. Brett Moffitt, number 23. All right, Ryan, who you got?
1: I'm going with Sheldon Creed for my truck champion. His favorite book is the Jeremy McGrath, uh, the motorcycle rider, his biography. He loved that one. Uh, Wait,
3: wait, is this this (laughs) replacing the Biff fact of the week?
1: (laughs) This is the whiff. (laughs) Xfinity champion, I'm going with Chase Briscoe. He's a beast. And cup champion, Brad Keselowski, bringing that Loudon and Richmond car down to Phoenix. Already two wins on it. Make it a third. Thank you. All right. Dave, who you got? I follow instructions here. I got Moffat in the truck. I got Cindric bringing her home in Xfinity. And I got Hamlin in the cup series. All right. I'll wrap it up here. I am Chevy Bowtie
0: Till I Die, the number two, Sheldon Creed, the number seven, Justin Allgaier, and the number nine, Chase Elliott. Bring it home for Chevrolet, baby. All right, folks, we are wrapping up here. But before we end this week's show, we have a very special message uh, to share tonight from a great guy, friend of the show, NASCAR Sammy. Many of you know NASCAR Sammy from Twitter and his work raising awareness of autism. He's doing great work out there in the community on a subject he is passionate about. Dave, share with Gas and Go Nation the message Sammy asked us to read.
1: Yep, thanks, Garrett. I'm happy to do so. And here is Sammy's message. Autism awareness is very important. And the more people who are educated about it, about what it means to be autistic, the better it will be for everyone. Understanding the concept of the spectrum, being aware of some of the difficulties and obstacles in life autistic people may encounter, as well as the unique strengths many autistic people possess and have to offer, are all things people need to know about. I'm trying, and hopefully helping, advance the cause. More than anything, people with autism want to be included and accepted for who they are, just like everyone else. They want to know they are valued, loved, receive encouragement and can be great friends and employees if given the opportunity they just want to participate in life as fully as they are able which will differ among individuals and if ever in doubt about how to best interact with someone with autism treating them with genuine respect and kindness is always the best policy thank you sammy he's on twitter at nascar sammy and he has a website nascarsammy.com
0: all right thanks dave and very special thank you to nascar sammy We're supporters. You should be supporters. We'll help however we can. All right, folks, that's all we've got for you this week. Another episode in, and I think we're just starting to hit our stride. Another thank you to Nate Ryan for coming on the show, to Tim Hogan from NAPA for sponsoring and providing the giveaway for NASCAR Sammy for spreading his message. We'll be back next week with another full episode. We've got some guests in the works. Rumor is one of them actually drives a race car. So stay tuned and we will see you next week.